Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Buffs today. Um, Might be a little bit shorter show than usual because I still have this cold that kind of flares up and then disappears and then flares up again, and it's really frustrating. But uh, we're going to power through for a while here. Um, whole bunch of things to talk about. We did the draft podcast with Andre yesterday on Monday after the uh, national championship game. And so there was no Buffs pod yesterday, which means we haven't had a chance to talk about um, the the men's basketball team's win over Utah, uh, the women's basketball team's win over USC, and then narrow loss to UCLA. Probably a loss that should have been quite a bit wider, because of the disparity in uh, experience, maybe even talent. Uh, We'll dig into all that stuff today. Um, I I wanted to talk about that national championship game too. Hopefully you guys listened to the draft pod where we kind of broke it down, everything we saw. Um, But I think there's some buffs angles there as well that I kind of want to dig into. Um, Again, I'm not sure if we have time in today's show, so I'm just going to pick one. We're going to hit it real quick, get out of the way. But if you guys watched the national championship, uh, you saw how this game went. Uh, LSU ended up pulling out the win over uh, over Clemson. It was 42-25, but it was a pretty tight game early. Um, LSU had like a 28-17 lead at halftime. Um, but that was kind of because of a run that they put together late. The game started with, uh, a, a Clemson drive getting inside LSU territory, but because of a bunch of weird circumstances, they had to punt the ball, um, pinned LSU deep and on LSU's first possession, they threw the ball, uh, Tight end caught it, I think, um, that Randy Moss's kid, whose first name I can't remember, um, and it moved him up to about midfield, except that one of the LSU offensive linemen was downfield, and so it got called back, and that penalty really stalled him. You know, LSU might have run down the field, picked up that first score, ran away with the game. Instead, they kind of got stuck, and that killed that drive, uh, killed their momentum, and that's a tough place to get momentum back. Um, Clemson built off of it. All of a sudden, Clemson's up 17-7. LSU's working from behind, even though they were clearly the better team. You know, that's the kind of stuff that Mel Tucker talks about, and sometimes we forget um, 
especially watching these elite teams, that they struggle with the same things. It's those little mistakes. It's those details that can just throw you off. LSU able to overcome it, um, mostly because there weren't nearly as many penalties, um, not nearly as many mistakes made later in the game, um, and that kind of enabled them to come back from down 17-7 to to win the rest of that game 35-8. That's one of those things I saw... um, there's some like bigger stuff too in terms of structure that we're gonna maybe dig into in the next couple of days, depending how timing goes. Um, we have to preview the game against Arizona State for the men. That's going down Thursday, and then they also play uh, Saturday. They're Thursday Saturday this week when they'll be at Arizona, uh, which will be another massive game. Arizona just fell out of the AP top twenty-five. So all that's going on. We're going to have to talk about all that. Um, Might not have too much time to keep talking about this football game, even though, you know, it's interesting. We're all college football fans. Uh, Before I get any deeper into this, before we start talking about what happened with the men's team, I want to tell you just a little bit more about Davidson's. Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits is locally owned and operated, and it has over a thousand varieties of beer. They have wines from around the world, fine single malts, and rare whiskeys. Download their app today and use promo code FIRST10 to receive 10% off your purchase of $25 or more. This offer ends January 31st. They have two convenient locations in Centennial and Highlands Ranch, or you can get your purchase conveniently delivered to your door. Remember, that's code FIRST10. And it'll give you 10% off your first order of $25 or more. Okay. Um, let's talk about this basketball game. Um, Colorado won. And I think uh, Colorado looked the best they did all year. Uh, it's kind of tough to compare. I, I think the other candidate for best game of the year would have to be that Dayton game. Um, you know, that that was a much closer game. But Dayton is a little bit better opponent. Um it's tough to say that anything is better than beating your theoretical in-conference rival 91-52. Uh, that was the score of the game against Utah. Utah isn't as talented, um, definitely isn't as talented, but has a couple of surprise wins, a uh, close game against Oregon as well. You know, the win over Kentucky being the big notch in their belt. Colorado took care of business, and that's what you want to see. Uh, this is their first game back since that Oregon State loss, you'll remember, and uh, they bounced back. Uh, Timmy Allen, the star for Utah, uh, the guy we had keyed in on, weren't really sure if he uh, would be able to do what he does and take over the game and give Utah a chance to win. Colorado didn't let that happen. Um, saw some Eli Parquet minutes guarding him, some Deshaun Swartz, a little bit of Tyler Bay. A um, whole bunch of guys really chipped in, and everything they did seemed to work. He wound up only scoring seven points, uh, going two of 11 from the field. It was a great defensive performance. You know, the Colorado keyed in on him, and, you know, McKinley said after the game, uh, McKinley, right, point guard for the Buffs, uh, he said that he was actually getting annoyed hearing Timmy Allen's name all week. You know, that's what they're talking about. That's who the coaches kept saying. You got to watch out for Timmy. You got to pay attention to me. And Ken said, you know what? That I was annoyed by hearing his name. We want to go out there and shut it down. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, 
that's why this game was a 39-point win, because when you give Timmy Allen 11 shots, you expect him to hit five or six of those. Uh, you you give him another 10 points, well, then I guess it's still pretty lopsided. Uh, but But that was really the key to this game defensively was shutting him down. You know, they have a couple other guys who can play that uh, gotch guy um, really also couldn't get much going. Uh, Saw McKinley. He put together one of the best defensive performances of his season. I think um, on him offensively, everything went (laughs) really well. Uh, Evan Batty was eight of 11 put up 17 points, 10 rebounds, um, double-double, obviously. He played really well. A lot of those tough finishes that he always seems to come through with, even though he doesn't really like, jump up off the ball, he can just, or off the ground, he can fight through contact and score. But really, his impact was on the glass. Um, seven offensive rebounds, six of those in the first half, he was just a machine early on, getting every offensive board, getting second-chance points, and that's why Colorado was able to really jump out to an early lead. You know, they, they got up 16-2, to um, turned that into 26-7. to You know, they just had this huge lead early that they held on to pretty comfortably throughout the game. You know, it was never within 20, 22 points in the second half. Uh, big reason why is that Evan was pulling in those offensive boards um, and helping them get those opportunities. Essentially, they just couldn't miss early on because even if they did, they'd get another shot out of it. Um, Huge lead. Uh, The the coach for uh, Utah, Larry Kostowiak, um, he he said after the game, they just wanted it more. Uh, I, I think that that probably is the one thing that Tad Boyle really wants to hear out of an opposing coach is Colorado wanted it more. They looked like they cared more. Um, And that's exactly what happened. And it was pretty obvious. Um, Who else do you even key in on? McKinley Wright put together another really great game. Um, He's on hot streak. You know, he started the season pretty well. I thought against that, uh, against Sun Devils in Arizona State, kind of fell off from there um, and slowly built himself back up. I think he's playing really well right now has been over the last few weeks um just the the way that he feels the game knows when he needs to go to the rim knows when he can just dish the ball off he's just so in control of the offense and he's running it the way it's supposed to be run um he, he was also three of three from three um and three of four from two, six of seven overall. A great game for him, 16 points. Also had eight assists, seven rebounds, just filling up the stat sheet. A um, couple steals as well, and most importantly, zero turnovers. Um, like I said, he also played incredible defense. Great game for him individually. Um, even though Evan put up the numbers he put up, I think McKinley Wright has to be the MVP of that game. Just the way he ran the ship. Uh was everything that you want him to do. Um, other notes here. Um, let's let's go with Deshaun Schwartz because he's an interesting one and I actually had a chance to talk with him today. Um, you'll see that coming up on uh, 
the DNVR website here in the next couple days, um, figuring out when exactly to drop what content. It's kind of weird with basketball season because of the way the schedule works out. You know, they're gone. They have games Thursday, Saturday, so they leave Wednesday quickly after practice. So you don't really know if you're going to get enough time to pull a full story out of that post game or post practice availability. And they're gone Wednesday through Saturday night. It's a lot. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we got to see him today, which is good. Um, he he said that he isn't really worried about it. Um, he, he didn't make a three. He was over three from three against Utah. Game before that against Oregon State, he was over four. Um, but in the six games prior to this two-game dry spell, he was shooting a little over 53% from three. So he was super hot. And now all of a sudden, things just aren't falling. Um, he was quick to point out that he did make that shot with his toe on the line that ended up being called a two uh, in the arena. They were calling it a three. It was pretty obvious that he had stepped on that line, but he hit that. Uh, again, he says he's not worried about it. It's not really on his mind. Um, just needs to start seeing him go in again. Um, he was still six of 13 from the field. That means six of 10 from two made both of his uh, free throw attempts. Um, contributed five rebounds so it's not like it was a bad game um in any way outside of the shooting and he said you know sometimes when your shot's not there first of all he said that's not going to stop him from keeping shooting and i talked to tad about it too and tad said yeah that's what we want him to do he's a shooter i just want him to keep taking good shots tad actually didn't even realize that he'd gone two games without hitting a three um so there's not much concern there, and I'm not concerned either. Uh, just kind of interesting, especially for somebody like me who never really played basketball at a competitive level. Stopped in fourth grade, uh, fifth grade, something like that. I think after fifth grade I stopped. But um, just what's what's it like going through a dry spell? That's something that I just cannot relate to. Um, again overwhelming point is that he's not concerned and he said he just needs to find more ways to contribute uh and he did um also had a chance to talk with him about why he made this massive jump he's still even with missing his last seven three-point attempts he's shooting over 43 percent from three this season um up from about 31 32 percent last year um and he said that he mostly attributes that to changing how he shoots, um, putting more arc on the ball, um, makes the rim bigger instead of just trying to fire it right at the spot. Um, he says that throwing it up in the air more like that, it, it meant more time in the weight room. He needed to bulk up just a little bit to make it easier. Um, obviously, it's working. He's happy with it. Um, he isn't like reverting back. That's not why he's missing. It's just not falling. Um so there's a little update there. Uh, also, talk to him about his uh, hobby of m making music. Uh, he produces music. He has like a friend who raps. Uh, and they were playing shows uh, in Boulder this summer. They had a couple, couple gigs. I, I can't remember where he said they were. Um, I'll I'll let you know if he has another. But he said that most of the team was in the front row um, supporting him. You know. As you'd expect, Evan Batty, front and center. Um, I talked to Evan today, too, uh, about not being on Twitter. 
he said that he's still happy with that decision. So there's an update there. That's another story that'll be coming sometime in the next couple days. Um, that's a lot of what I want to say. You know what? Bef- before we go to break, let's run through uh, these Pac-12 basketball standings. Um, because there's a lot going on there. Um, so at the top, Stanford, the only undefeated team in conference play at three and zero. Um, surprise for sure. You know they haven't played the cream of the crop here but they got wins over Cal and Washington State as you'd expect them to and they beat Washington a Washington team that I would have expected to uh, have beaten them you know all three of those games were at home for Stanford but they're doing what they're being asked to do really can't complain then you've got Oregon at three and one then Colorado USC Cal all at two and one Oregon State two and two and then Arizona Utah, Arizona State, UCLA at one and two, Washington, Washington State, one and three. Um, so there's that. I mostly want to talk about these top 25 rankings, um, but figured that would fit in as well. So two teams in the top 25. Oregon is ranked uh, eighth. They moved up from ninth. Uh, CU is the other team in the top 25, moving up from 25 to 20th. And these are Monday's rankings. So that's does totally recent no game since then Arizona lost to Oregon State this weekend um and that knocked Arizona from I believe 24th yeah I think they were 24th down to 33rd um which is outside the top 25 that's like if you expand the rankings um important to note there Arizona like I said earlier is one of Colorado's opponents this week Uh, that means that that win will be less valuable in terms of the rankings uh, if Colorado pulls out the win there. The loss also looks a little bit worse. Still plenty of time left in the season, but just for now, uh, that's what that means. Also, doesn't hurt that Oregon State just beat another one of the top-tier teams in the Pac-12 uh, for Colorado. Colorado lost to, to Oregon State. Who knows? Maybe Oregon State is actually... a a good basketball team and that loss isn't as bad as we thought it might have been um they did lose to arizona state they also lost to utah but you know still like i said a lot of time for all this stuff to there are all these things to sort itself out um a few more teams receiving votes uh stanford is 27th um washington is 39th oregon state tied for 43rd usc tied for 47th um then you've got uh, some of the non-conference opponents are ranked. Uh, Kansas fell to number six. Dayton moved up to 13. Northern Iowa is sitting at 36. Um, also tonight, Clemson beat Duke and uh, Colorado beat Clemson earlier this season. Uh, Duke was ranked third in the country. Clemson wasn't even receiving votes. They might sneak into the top 25 after a huge win like that. We'll see. Um Another good result for Colorado. There we go. Um, we come back. I think it's probably time to move on to what's up with that women's team. Uh, chat about that for just a minute. Uh, I think we got a comment uh, for the third segment. But before we get there, I want to tell you about Breckenridge Brewery. Incredible, incredible beers. Um, and 
I just uh, like I I can't imagine. It's tough for me to think going back to what my life was like before that was what I drank. You know, now it's just Breckenridge beer. No matter where we go, um, you know, if I'm at the store, I just know that that's what I'm getting because it is so much better and it's such a great value uh, considering the price. Um, really can't say enough good things about Breckenridge. Um, and if you're looking for somewhere to uh, try it, uh, you should go to Blake Street Tavern because they're great people. Uh, you know, you know Chris Fusile, uh, Tyler Ziskin, um, big big buff guys running Blake Street Tavern, and you know you see them courtside at every game, uh, and then you go in the bar, and they're the guys in charge over there. Uh, cannot say enough good things about Blake Street Tavern. Also, uh, should mention that on signing day, February fifth. Mel Tucker and the Buffs coaching staff will all be at Blake Street Tavern. I can't remember what the time is. Um, since we're ways out, I won't worry too much about it, but something like six or so. Um, they're going to be out there for a couple hours, free appetizers. Um, I think you get like a drink for free too. All you have to do is RSVP through the Blake Street Tavern website. Should be a great event. They always do a great job with that kind of stuff. And for more information, uh, here's Ryan. What's up, guys? Ryan Konigsberg here, and I got to tell you about the Blake Street Tavern. It's my favorite sports bar in town, as evidenced by the fact that we had our fantasy draft there. It's where I watched Super Bowl 48. It's where I watched CU win a Pac-12 basketball championship back in the day. Uh, it's the place to be for any sporting event. It's the biggest bar in town. I always joke you could land a 747 in there. It was named the National Sports Bar of the Year in 2017 by Nightclub and Bar Magazine. It wins best sports bar in Denver seemingly every year from Westward, anyone else that's voting. It's the place to be. Uh, they've got great specials and the food is out of this world. I recommend the nachos, the green chili fries, uh, the buffalo chicken wrap, you name it, they've got it. And the location is perfect. Just two blocks north of Coors Field and they have parking. So go check out the Blake Street Tavern. Okay, uh, jumping back in now. I uh, want to talk a little bit about this women's team. Um, I made it out to both those games this weekend, and they were a lot of fun. Uh, the crowd was a little bit dead for the USC game. Can't really blame them. It wasn't all that exciting. Um, Colorado won, of course, uh, as we kind of expected them to, and it was a pretty big win. Uh, they, they beat them by 13 points, had control most of the way through, and... You know, that was really a test because USC is another one of these young teams in the conference. A lot of talent, a, a lot of different place, places. Um, some some really big girls, uh, you know, six foot five out there rebounding and Colorado wasn't getting pushed around. Um, again, book on this Colorado team is that they're young, they're talented. Um, we're mostly looking to the future, but at the same time, if they keep cleaning up against... Um, these second tier Pac-12 teams, third tier Pac-12 teams, the teams that aren't really national title contenders, they might sneak into the NCAA tournament or, you know, they're, they only need a couple more wins to get into the uh, WNIT at the very least. Um, and again, like I said, against, against USC, they took care of business. Uh, Jalen Sherrod, maybe not the best game for her, uh, only four, seven for 10 points, but, uh, Quinessa Kayla Doe, the lone senior, was three of four from three, put up 13 points. Uh, Emma Clark, 
was three of eight from three, put up 13 points. Um, and then there was just a solid team rebounding effort. Um, really fun to watch. Uh, but but the game that I want to talk about more is the loss to UCLA on Sunday. A UCLA team that is now 16-0. and um, Jeez, that's <laughs> that's just so tough to do, winning that, that many games. Uh, they moved up to number seven in the rankings this week. Uh, and uh, they're sitting at the top of the Pac-12 standings. They're two undefeated teams. UCLA at 5-0, Stanford at 4-0. Colorado gave them a run for their money. You know, Colorado looked really good early. Um, they were they were just going blow for blow with UCLA. Um, at the end of the first, Colorado was up 17-10. Gave up some points, struggled in the second quarter, ended up uh, down 35-29 at halftime, uh, six-point deficit. And then UCLA went on a 19-0 run to open the second half. 19 straight points um building on top of that six point lead that means it was up to 25 points uh their lead at at one point in this game which is you know it's it's kind of tough to come back from but that's what colorado did uh one point colorado was narrow narrowing that lead down to two points uh and then right before the end of the game uh Jalen Sherrod had a three-point attempt, a decent look at it, um, little contest, uh, definitely wasn't the easiest shot, but you know, up she was up at the arc, had a chance to tie it with a three-pointer, and uh, missed it. Still, to be within three points, to only lose 65-62 to U- this UCLA team, that's just so impressive. Um it was so much fun. It was so much fun. Uh, I, I I didn't expect, especially after going to that USC game, uh, to, to see the keg be that loud. Um, the crowd really wasn't as big as I had hoped it would be, considering that it was the first half of the doubleheader with the Utah game. I really did think that there would be more people showing up to see this um, because, you know, that's a top 10 team. And UCLA's star, or maybe not star, but... An important piece of their team is from uh, right here in Colorado, uh, but still not a huge crowd, um, but it was loud. It was really, really loud, especially in these crucial moments late. Uh, you had McKinley Wright and Evan Batty, and I think uh, Shane Gatling came out a little bit later on. Um, I think Sean Schwartz was there as well. Keyshawn Bartholomew came up late. A, a lot of this men's basketball team was in the stands, like jumping around. The crowd was on their feet. It was pretty electric environment, as you'd expect. You know, Colorado's just one shot away from sending a, a game with a top ten opponent to overtime. Uh, it's disappointing that like there there was not going to be a, a a court rush if they pulled that off because there were only. <sighs> 20 students in attendance probably <sighs> but you know it was a lot of fun Maya Hollinshed played very well 17 points hit three of her five three-pointers uh, Peanut Tuitele uh, made uh, four or no she made her only three-point attempt but it, I don't think that Colorado really played its best basketball and UCLA didn't for stretches either but 
you know, Colorado only didn't shoot 40% from the field, barely shot 40% from three. Um, lost the rebounding battle 39-33. Um, but, you know, Jalen Sherrod again played well, much better than you expect a freshman to play, was really in control. Um, against USC, there was this one sequence that was just incredible for her. Uh, USC was starting to make a little push. They pulled within maybe six points uh, pretty late in the game, and you could just tell Colorado needed a bucket. And so Jalen, who had mostly been distributing all night, um, she put her head down, got to the basket, made a tough layup through contact, drew the foul, completed the three-point play, and uh, then on the next possession, did the whole thing again, except there was no foul. So she just put five straight points up, got the lead back up to double digits, and all of a sudden, things were comfortable again. She can just do so many different things. Um, And to see these pieces come together around her, you can see how this team can develop over the next few years, these four years that Colorado has her as their point guard. Um, It's it's just so, so exciting. Um, You know, this is a young team that has really impressed me. They they were undefeated in non-conference play, which is tough to do, even if you are a Pac-12 team, even if you are typically better than your competition. The fact that they're so young, you'd expect them to drop at least one or two of those games, probably more. But they didn't. They took care of business in a way that young teams typically don't. And now we're to the part that's more fun and less stressful, and that's Pac-12 play. And sure, it's tough when you go through the stretch. You know, three of four games against top 10 teams in the country. That's just what happens in the Pac-12. It's it's the way the, the conference is set up is, you know we're going to beat everybody up in non-conference play. We're going to beat each other up here. Uh, Colorado so far hasn't really been able to hang with Oregon. They were right there with Oregon state. They were right there with UCLA. The expectations are a lot lower now than they were in non-conference play. You know, these aren't teams that they should necessarily just be beating. Uh, but, but they're, they have this upset potential because they are so young and talented. You just never know when things are going to click. Um, a lot of things went their way against UCLA, but definitely not all of them. Uh, again, they didn't shoot 40% from the field. Uh, yeah, it's it was just a great effort. Um, their ability to fight back when they're down by 25 is something you'd never see from a young team. You, you expect them to roll over, especially against... A top 10 opponent uh you know uh it, it's it's not a season where they're going to be competing for pac-12 title um i'd love to be wrong you know the way things are going with oregon getting a loss already oregon state getting a loss already you never know how things are going to shake out but that should not at all be the expectation um now they only have one game this week. It's a short week. Friday, they'll be at home at 6.30 playing Utah. Should be a lot of fun. And then uh, they get a week off. And next Friday, my birthday, by the way, uh, they go to Stanford, third ranked in the country. Uh that's just how Pac-12 basketball works uh, so on the women's side. The men's side will get back there someday. Uh so much fun. I had a blast out there. Uh, I can't, I don't think I saw any of you at the women's game. Saw some of you at the men's game for sure. Um, but 
Yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't had a chance to tune in yet, Friday night uh, it should be a blast. It's in between those Buffs games, Thursday against Arizona State, Saturday against uh, Arizona. Um, I do think we have a comment. Uh, we're going to get to that. But first, I want to tell you just a little bit about Bojo's Pizza. So I still haven't had a chance to have this pizza, but I've finally been involved in more conversations about the pizza. I was in Montana for Christmas and the day after Christmas on the 26th, we had like our company Christmas get together um, and I was out of town. So I didn't get to go to Bojo's with everybody and try their food. Um, But from what I've heard, it's really good. Uh, They have like their... Colorado mountain pies. They're just like massive. They're so, so good from what I've heard. They make me want to try it. Um, And the best part right now is that they're giving the DNVR family a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree. So um, you you just have to go in there, uh, say that you listen to the podcast, that you subscribe to DNVR or whatever, and... They'll give you the honey cheese bread for free. They already put like honey inside the dough. Uh, it's, it's like their, their, their thing there. And everybody says it's to die for. I still need to get out there. Maybe with the Buffs men's team out of town all week, I'll have a couple minutes to get out there. We'll see. Things typically come up that make it hard to do the things that I think I'm going to have time to do. Like buy a bed frame or uh, use my zoo pass. Oh, I do think I'm going to the zoo on Friday though. So that's going to be a good time. Um, as long as nothing comes up Friday, get to go to the zoo. Also, maybe the Nuggets game tomorrow. If they're cheap tickets, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, Bojo's is the best. It's a Colorado company. They have locations across the front range. Definitely check them out. Uh, you can go to bojos.com, B E A U J O S.com. And, uh, get all of their information plus remember just mention dnvr you get free honey cheese bread if you get an entree it's a great deal um all right let's see what this comment uh is saying uh this is from b mixer borgie was the biggest recruiting mistake by cu in years i think the running back they took was broussard yeah i can't remember because because I wasn't like covering it, so I wasn't like a part of all of this. But yeah, Max Borgie was committed to Colorado. All of a sudden, uh, he got scared off, I think, because of either Jarek Broussard or Deion Smith. I can't remember which one. Um, but yeah, if you guys haven't listened to Last Buffs podcast, talked a lot about Max Borgie um, and the way that he could uh, maybe find his way back to Colorado. It's a stretch. It's a massive stretch, but boy, would it be exciting. And there are at least some ties. You know, he's from here and he was committed here. And now there's definitely um, just a little bit of reason to think. Um, since we last talked, um, remember Mike Leach, the air raid coach at Washington State was fired. Um, and in comes uh, Nick Rolovich, the coach of Hawaii, who... You know, he runs the ball more than uh, than uh, Leach does, but not by a whole lot. Um, in terms of Colorado's odds of landing Borgie, I think that this was pretty much ideal. You weren't going to do much better than this. Um, 
when when uh Leech left, Borgie tweeted something like like Leech tweeted some like gif of him whatever and Borgie quote tweeted it and said um excited to get to run the ball more next year. Uh He's not going to get to run the ball much more. And actually if you look at it, the the touches for the Washington State running backs were more than the touches for Hawaii's running backs because even though they run the ball more, they rarely, if ever, pass the ball. Um, we'll we'll see what exactly the system looks like, but it should be pretty similar in Washington. So, good news in terms of Colorado trying to land Max Borgie. Still, definitely not going to happen, but not definitely. I guess I should take the definitely out of that, uh, and that's kind of where we stand. Back to B-Mixer. I said, if I remember right, he came in and tore up a camp, and then they offered, and he accepted, and Borgie left. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Again, I was told this story um, b- during Washington State Week because I didn't realize that Borgie was ever committed here. You know, those little gaps in my knowledge that just keep disappearing. Oh, sorry, my throat. Um. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's keep going with the comment. Uh, I think Borgie stays at Washington State. Yeah, he's he's got to stay. Uh, I was thinking about what you said about Washington State and without Leach. They're more like CSU than a Pac-12 team. Whew, ooh, that's that's harsh. Um, you know, you, we'll see. Until we actually see them not be successful, then... I'm not going to quite go that far. But yeah, I mean, without Mike Leach, he was a lot of their identity. He was a lot of the draw. Um, you know, I haven't been to Pullman. I've heard that there's a great game day environment there. But in my experience, the great game day environments come from places where there isn't a whole lot to do. Um, everybody's bought in because that's the culture. I mean, you, th- you, th- you think of all the SEC towns down south those aren't necessarily places that are filled with other things to do than tailgate college football games um so yeah i I, that's that's kind of my take again would love to go to pullman i didn't get to this year for whatever reason but uh yeah washington state without mike leach definitely loses some of the appeal again you can build off of the success though you know, as long as they're winning, as long as they have that culture, you can carry that on for a while. Who knows? Uh, maybe the new guy can come in and build on top of it, too. Um, keep going with the comment. Uh, a couple nice programs, but the inability to recruit at high levels makes them also Rams with very little chance to win in football and men's basketball. They have a super small stadium and in the middle of nowhere. At least CSU is kind of closer to a major city and has a bigger and nicer stadium. Thanks for the comment, as always, B-Mixer. Appreciate those. I think that those are definitely some interesting points. We'll see what happens, especially with, like, the realignment coming up. Um, I don't really know what Washington State is good at. Like you said, it's not men's basketball. Uh, Without Mike Leach, it might not be football. Even with Mike Leach, you know, they've, I don't know, they've they've been good. You, You can't expect them to be in Oregon or whatever. Uh, women's basketball they aren't great I'm not sure I think I th- oh they made a run at the women's soccer college cup I believe 
um, which is like the national title. I want to say they were Final Four team. Um, so there's that. But yeah, um, you know, Colorado State has good volleyball. So maybe that neutralizes it. Also softball. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how things play out. Um, as of right now, Washington State is the much better draw. Even just being in the Pac-12, of course, is going to be better. After realignment, all that kind of stuff that could be on the way in the next few years, we'll see how it all actually stacks up. It'll be interesting. Um, until then, let's try not to say good things about the Rams if we don't have to. Okay, uh, I think that's going to do it for today. My voice is just about done with this. Um, but I'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday uh, to talk more about the things we talked about and about some new things too, maybe. We'll see how things go. Uh, leave your comments. We'll get to all those. Uh, love to hear what you have to say. Uh, questions, thoughts, national championship opinions, where Visco should go in the NFL, um, is the offense good with well, true freshmen? What do we expect next year from the football team? Um, should we be worried that the basketball team is up and down? Should we be worried about Deshaun? Um, is is Evan now just going to be a monster going for? I don't know. Whatever your take is on whatever, throw it in here. Or if you have questions and just want my opinion, we can do that too. Uh, there we go. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag. I think they like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it, play. I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it, go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly, get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear, I think they like my Colorado swag.